Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is episode 63 on the Merry Beers podcast with Lunch Lady Lou. Welcome to Merry Biz. Get inspired to live your best life and learn what it takes to create an epic business from the world's most amazing entrepreneurs. We're your hosts, Emma and Carla Pappas. Let's get our Merry Biz on. Today's guest creates real food, whole food lunches for the time poor health conscious corporates. That's right. She's in the business of delivering your healthy lunch to your desk daily, giving you the time and space to get on with the rest of your to-do list. Now, this sounds amazing to us. She's on a mission to transform how we think about, cook, and eat our food. And we are so excited to chat more. Welcome to Mary Biz, Linda Ellis, aka Lunch Lady Lou. Hello. Hello. (laughs) We're so super excited to chat. And the very first question we always ask is, what's been on your agenda today? Oh, my gosh. Well, (laughs) it's raining in Sydney. So this morning I ran around like a mad woman in the rain with wet hair. I was that person (laughs) because I forgot my umbrella and I could see that it was raining. But I just went without it. You know how you do that sometimes? So that's been my morning. I was up early cooking and then I went out to deliver in my cool little yellow van. So on the menu today we had Pierre's pasta, which is inspired by my husband. So it's 12.30 right now. Everyone's probably eating that, which is amazing. And this afternoon I am going to photograph my amazing apple crumble that I just made. and. Hide from the rain. I'm thinking I might have an afternoon off and have a cup of tea. Oh, my gosh. That sounds lovely. It's actually raining here on the Gold Coast too. Yeah. It's, it's like, the mood for it, isn't it? Yeah. And I just want to like stay indoors and like I def- cuddle up. I'm definitely thinking like cup of tea. It's definitely cup of tea weather. And also, are you going to be able to enjoy that apple crumble? I am going to. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. I'm just like, I just like teaching that. I was like, oh my gosh, I want to eat that. I know. I want, I want apple crumble now. Can we please make it? Isn't, isn't that why we do this, girls? We yes. make pretend that we're sharing the recipe so we can eat it. It's true. It is true. It's yes. true. So, Linda, I'd love to know, like, how did you get into this? How did you end up being cooking amazing food for these bloody lucky corporates? Yeah. They're so lucky, aren't they? Um, It's a long story. Um, Where should I start? So I was pretty sick when I was 21. I was actually about to leave for a trip 
to Thailand with my best friend for three months and I went to the doctors to get my needle jabs Mm. and he was like, oh, you've got this lump on the side of your neck um, near my jawline and it kind of went from there into getting biopsies to cancer to having it removed to radiotherapy and this was radiation therapy um, for six weeks, every day for six weeks. So it was kind of like, yay, I'm going away, I'm so excited, my first trip overseas by myself to hospital bed. Um, which was pretty mental. So I would say that my life at the time um, was very much that of a 21-year-old, lots Mm. of drinking, lots of going out. Um, My favorite food was popcorn, still is, and um, TV snacks, malt flavored. (laughs) I love that. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah. TV snacks. Yep. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of my diet. It was either coffee, beer or cocktails and, mm. you know, not the mm. best food. But I was inspired by a few friends that had interesting backgrounds. So one was Polish and I would just – her mum would make the most amazing food. And I was just always in awe of the community that it brought. You know, mm. it just brought everyone together, the family the loved up feeling that you get mm. from sharing a meal with every, you know, family and friends. Yeah. And I just kind of ran with it from there. So I guess I had some people teach me how to cook mm-hmm. and um, my mum kind of imposed a rule that was one of us had to cook every night of the week. So my night was Tuesday and we had spag bowl every Tuesday <laughs> night for two years because it's all I knew how to cook. Like it's not as if... It's not as if I've been cooking since I was five with my mum and yeah. standing on a, you know, nah, not that at all. Um, but I would say I'm a fairly creative person, but as far as art goes or anything like that, it's not an outlet for my creativity. I see my food and what I create as my art, which sounds a bit wanky, but I get so into it. I'm like, you know, (laughs) piling up the greens and it really, and putting the colors together and the textures and the flavors, that to me is my creative outlet. So when I say, and it's all over my website, like I create lunch for you, that's because it's kind of what I'm doing. I'm not just cooking, if that makes sense. So I'll call it being healthified, once I'd kind of figured out a bit more about this food stuff and what I needed to do, sorry, I skipped ahead. So from the cancer, from the can, from the cancer, which is still so weird to say, can I say that? It's nine years on and yeah. it's still weird. Um, but from that, I was kind of given this 10-year timeline of if you don't have anything like a lump grow back within 10 years, you're kind of in the clear. But because of where it was, it was caught up in my major facial nerve. So um, I couldn't move my – like the left side of my face, I could not move it for three months. I couldn't smile properly. I couldn't close my eye. Every night for three months I had to put this goo in my eye and then tape my eye shut so I could go to sleep. So – All the stuff that, like, while I was um, thankful that I, uh, thankful that I never had chemo, Mm. and I guess to me I was always like, I didn't really feel like I was sick because 
the people around me when I was being treated were so much worse than me, Mm. even though I guess I still was. But being given this kind of weird 10-year timeline made me wonder leaving that, well, I've had radio radiation therapy that zapped kind of the lower part of my brain um, going on 10 years. How do I want to be in that time? How do I want to live my life? And how do I want to treat my body? Because mm. really you're zapping something into you that kind of causes cancer anyway. It was mm. kind of a bit backwards. But it took me so many years to figure this out. It was probably about five years into after I was sick that I was like, oh, okay, so food directly affects everything in my Mm -hmm. life Mm -hmm. and that's the one step that I can control, Mm. Yeah, really. Mm. So (laughs) I was traveling at the time. I was in London and I just started – I probably Googled – healing with cancer or something Mm -hmm. like that and I came across a few bloggers and I just devoured their websites basically Um, and every lunchtime I would go into either Whole Foods or Planet Organic over Mm -hmm. there and I would pick up an ingredient I'd be like oh spirulina what's this and then I'd read the label and then I'd google it and I'd figure out what I could make with it, which spirulina is probably a bad example because who wants to make like <laughs> something up with that? Gosh, um, let's go cacao or macro. Yes. Yeah, cacao. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my bestie and I have a call, which is pretty much we go cacao, cacao. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, anyway. Um, so I would go into Planet Organic every day and just find a new ingredient google it buy the packet and then figure out how to cook with it so my story is never me being this chef from way back when it was Mm -hmm. really clunky like I made all the disgusting smoothies everything that I first made was pretty terrible Um, I loved malt flavored (laughs) tv snacks but it's really just about I don't know I just food nerded out on all this stuff And when I finally came back to Sydney from London and I was, you know, healthified, I found working in corporate again, I just had nowhere to eat. I'd have to walk Mm -hmm. maybe 30 minutes Mm -hmm. one way to get to one cafe that kind of had something that maybe I'd like to eat. And I say it like that, not in a wishy-washy way, but I'd get there and be like, oh, do I really want to eat this? Oh, what else am I going to get? Like a burger? white bread, soggy sandwich, some curried egg thing, like yuck. Mm. So I kind of started it to feed myself, really. (laughs) So cool. Sorry, that was really long. No, <laughs> I think like I think the story needs time and yes. your story is so epic and has so many layers and it's very inspiring and amazing. Yeah, and I think um I mean for anyone who wants to live healthier, like hearing a story like that is just like, whoa, like there's a lot of motivation to think more about the food we're eating and to like find the people like you where we can get good food from because it plays such an important role in everything we do. It does. Amen, sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so 
tell us, so you went from creating, you know, just lunches for yourself and then you were still in corporate. How long did it take for you to be like, you know what, I want to do this for more people? Yeah, well, so I guess another part of my story is that I hated school, mm-hmm. hated it. Um, you know, I had friends. I wasn't ever, I never hated it from a... Um, a social, I'm very social, so it wasn't a social scenario, but I hated <laughs> That's the best school. part. Was it the work, hate, the schoolwork? Uh, yeah, and just, I don't know, school's not made for someone like me. I yeah. This story was brought up at, I think, my 21st. I never knew about it, but my year one teacher said to my parents, like, Linda's a joy, love her, but watching her walk into a classroom is like watching a caged lion. Like she just goes from this happy, bubbly person to she just feels locked and you know she wants to be outside and wants to be doing things. So like being seated and being told what to do is not my type of idea of fun. So for me, I guess school didn't happen, but then obviously uni didn't happen either because I just couldn't wait to get out. Mm-hmm. So from the moment I, I guess I got a job when I finished school, when I was 17, I went and worked at a stockbroking firm. Oh my gosh. Wow. And then I was pretty much, let's say, I mean, I, I was lucky that I kind of got on a good path of being in event management. So I was learning skills that I needed to learn, yeah. um, like being organized, mm-hmm. um, and, but I knew that there was more and I knew that I wanted to do more and I knew that I had this whole other side of me, which was the creative side that I wasn't even tapping into at all. So your question of when did I know that I wanted to get out, like, mm. oh my God, probably from when I was 15, I knew that I wanted to work for myself, but yeah. I just had no bloody idea what mm. to do or how to do it. And so then how did you start? Like how did you get over that kind of block of thinking you didn't know how but then you just did? That was tough. (laughs) That was really tough. And even on the weekend I was reminiscing with my husband about this, about when we moved back from London, I was like, I think I'm going to start this Lunch Lady Lou thing. But I talked about it for about 10 months before I actually did anything about it. But it was so scary. And I remember telling him the first time, I think I want to do something with cooking. Mm -hmm. And I told another friend, I think I want to study with the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Mm -hmm. And even saying that, I was so scared to even say it because I thought they would have been like, well, who do you think you are? Like, you're an event manager. Like, I Mm -hmm. thought that I was totally boxed into Mm -hmm. this one thing that I had, you know, been working and studied towards so but I feel like that first conversation that I had then that step like everything just kind of became easier once I so I started cooking for it was my boss that turned around after 10 months and was like you've been talking about this for an awful long time (laughs) when are you gonna give me a menu so I can order from you wow yeah so it all started within my company. Oh, <laughs> that's amazing. But that is so cool. It's like all the dots connect, like looking back, like the, the, the yeah. reason you were in that event management job is because that was where it started. Yeah, exactly. Wow. That is so cool. Do yeah. you have any advice for people who are like in that, in that sort of phase where it's like they kind of know what they want to do, but they feel like 
there's so much fear around the idea of leaving that job or leaving that certain career they've studied to be or like have worked in for years? Yeah, you kind of just need to leap. So yeah. looking back, there's been two moments where I've been totally shit scared mm-hmm. and one was that first moment of telling my husband and one of my friends that I wanted, you know, I told them an idea. I didn't even, I wasn't even doing anything. I just told them a thought basically, but it was so scary because it was so different. Yeah. So that's one moment. And then the second one was the day that I decided that I was going to resign. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the day that I actually resigned. So it's too, mm. but out of that time, so I guess I've been going for maybe three and a half years since I kind of birthed the whole idea. Wow. That's two That's two times that I've been actually scared. Yeah. Mm. And when you think about it, the two most in like significant but insignificant actions, yeah. which is funny because we build all this stuff up in our head of what we're scared of and we're afraid of. And it's kind of not much at all. Yeah, <laughs> it is so true. Like we make it so much bigger and stressful in our heads and our minds than what it really is. And it's like you just do it and it's like, oh, okay, now I'm Oh, that on. was it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that is super inspiring. This is so amazing. Now I want to kind of get to the food because we, we spoke a lot about food at the beginning. But I want to go back to food. <laughs> Because I've seen your Instagram and I've been on your website and all sounds and looks delicious. So how do you come up with the recipes? Give us the process. Give us the rundown. Um, oh, I'm a bit random. I'm a little bit weird. <laughs> I'll be like, like pineapples are just back in season. Mm-hmm. So I hear the word pineapple. I'm like, oh, my God, juicy. Oh, curry. Yum. It's kind Yum. of, I don't know, it just goes like that. So, oh, or wow, sweet potato. Cool. Sweet potato. Oh my God, sweet potato fritters, crunchy, I don't know, sweet potato chips mm. tomorrow. I I made last night um, amazing guacamole with sweet potato, but I just kind of like sliced it up so it was still all whole. Um, and it's kind of a bit Mexican inspired. So I don't know, it's just based on what looks good. So on my menu, I try and keep it very open, mm-hmm. um, which I guess as far as <clears throat> excuse me, a catering business goes, people are like, you need a menu and you need to stick to it and blah, 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 blah. But my clients love the variety yeah. and they love, you know, if they want to have the same chicken salad every day, they'll go to the cafe mm. that's under their building and get the soggy chicken salad. So mm. true. So how does it work? Does um, everybody get the same meal every day or do they get to pick what they want? Oh, no, same meal. This is a it. lunch lady here. That you is get what so you cool. I think, and it's so cool because it's like you'll get something that you would have never thought to order or you never have tried before. Like it's so good yep. to try new food. Yeah. Or you're maybe, or you, yeah, you just never order it. So I had um, someone, you know, they were like, I hated Brussels sprouts until I ate your Brussels sprouts. Yeah. So kind of putting them on the line a little bit to open up. Yeah. I think that's so cool. And also it would be like such a um, highlight of their day, like to be like, oh, what's what's for lunch? <laughs> what's Lou got for me today? <laughs> it is a talking point. 
It is. Amazing. So they'll get their meals and then they'll read out the label of all the ingredients and most of them don't even know. Um, they'll just, wow. they just order every week and they just know that what they're going to get is amazing, which is really cool. They just have complete trust in you. That's the best. <laughs> yeah. So good. <laughs> so cool. So how has like social media played a part in your business? Like, is that where you see a lot of like people sharing your meals and things like that? Is there a quite a, a, is there a community online that kind of will follow you? Like what, how do you do that? How do you spread your message? Um, Social media for me is, I think it's very much people sharing. I think the social media people are more interested in cooking for themselves. Mm -hmm. My clients in the city are very much either busy, like Mm. super busy lawyers or that type of thing. So they're not really hanging out on their, on social as much as I see. I get them in their email box. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so I find that my um, my social media people are, you know, I get lots of people like the, my arm encrusted schnitzel is quite famous, but lots of people, you know, post that. But then they're like, Lunch Lady Lou makes these amazing meals and she delivers, but you could also make it yourself. <laughs> like that type of thing. How good does it look? But so my meals are very much inspiration and they're getting people thinking mm. about what to make, which is still just as good, right? Because yeah. yeah. it's still totally. spreading the message and um, getting people thinking about food in a different way. I just think that if everyone was to learn to cook, which I don't think cooking is that hard, it can be if you get complicated about mm-hmm. it, but... If everyone, you know, took the Thai delivery or whatever they're getting and just put that to the side even for one extra night per week, you're ultimately going to cook better things because you don't have those random ingredients that, you know, some of the food producers put in our food. Mm. So, so true. true. It, yeah, it doesn't, <laughs> have to be the, it doesn't have to be hard. It's like take yeah. away the stress, start really basic, just eat real food. have fun as well like don't make it this horrible experience like find joy find creativity in it yeah so do you have a a favorite breakfast like what do you normally have for breakfast oh you know what I knew I felt like you were gonna ask me this really and I mean yeah, and I thought about it this morning, so really? I made sure that I had a really good breakfast so I could talk about it. It's so weird. That is so, um, so weird. I just I love, love knowing what people eat for breakfast. It wasn't that exciting, actually. I just had um, or avo and Yum. eggs on Yum. a piece of sourdough. Yum. But um, breakfast is the hardest meal for me. It always has been. I can remember being a little kid and eating my honey toast and I had really long hair and like my hair would get stuck in it like I was that type of kid and I eat really slowly as well I'm like painfully slow so for me breakfast has always been a struggle because I'm always running late or I always have somewhere to be so it's normally a smoothie on the go or I make boiled eggs in batches Mm -hmm. and I'll have that with a banana perfect Super simple. So easy. Super simple and just like for me, it's just like tick, that's done. Yep. I know that I'm fed and I know what I've eaten and it's better than getting, you know, a muffin on the run or something yeah. random like that. So 
Okay, yeah, then. but I made it. I made a special effort for you girls this morning. Ah, we <laughs> Thank are very you. Lucky. We are so lucky. <laughs> and that sounds so yum. At just talking about sourdough and avocado. And avocado. Yum. Oh my god. <laughs> How good. Do you have a favorite ingredient? Oh my gosh! All of them. How can you choose? <laughs> Cacao. Tell me. Cacao. <laughs> oh gosh, she's gonna laugh at that when she hears this. Um, <laughs> No, my favorite ingredient. Gosh, maybe favorite I don't, I don't. three ingredients. Oh, three. Um, well, sweet or savory. You know, now we've got oh, to let's divide go sweet, it. Sweet, because I'm a sweet. I'm a sweet tooth. Okay, cacao. Yes. Um, <laughs> any fruit. I mean, mango is pretty amazing. Yeah, but- mango. But like watermelon is amazing. I like making cashew cream with like a date or just like a tiny bit of sweetener yeah. and then smothering it on my watermelon oh. and then put and then putting berries on the top. Yum. That sounds delightful. Yeah. Boom. Oh Let's call it LLL's watermelon slice. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. We're gonna have, maybe we can put it on the blog. Yeah. Summer okay. sweet treat. Yay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, it has been so amazing chatting to you and hearing more about your story and your business and everything you're doing and changing people's lives with food. It is really inspiring and we just want to thank you for coming on the show. Before we get to our last question, let our listeners know where they can find more information about you. You can find me at lunchladylou.com.au and that's kind of it. Everything is there but I have a... 30 tasty days guide which is free at the moment um and that is a guide to 30 tasty days which is basically it's got recipes in there and just little tips that i use that to make food amazing and tasty but also easy as well perfect Perfect. we'll put all of those links in the show notes too so everyone can go and grab it yes and the last question is what is the one mantra you're living by right at this moment um, it's always the same and it is, you're only limited by your creativity, which mm. kind of sounds a bit like strict now that I think about it, <laughs> but it's true because well, in this business, you know, you are only limited by what you're thinking. So if you're thinking something bad, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to produce some kind of bad things, yeah. but so yeah, I love that's it. it. It's amazing. So good. I love that mantra. Me too. So thank you so much again for coming on the show. It has been our pleasure chatting with you and we're just super grateful. Thank you for having me. coming on the show and sharing your super inspiring amazing story we are so grateful for each and every one of you who are listening today so we just want to send you huge amounts of love yay have the best day ever softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.